This is Igris. We are looking at letters from almost exactly 50 years ago. The letter we're looking at today is from Kof Adar. A problem that I see brewing here is that we only have one Adar in our Igris from this year, and we have two others in our real life that we're living right now 50 years later. So I think we're going to be jumping around. But at this point, we're in the middle of Adar, at least in Igris, and we're looking at Kof Adar Tavshin Lamedalit, a tiny little letter that ends up packing a real punch. I had no idea that there would be this much information out there on the subject of this letter. But the letter is labeled Yud Aleph Pei Zion, and the Rebbe opens with Asker Al Tzian Lehanal. I'm going to mention it at the Tzian. And then he says, Make sure that you have checked mezuzahs on the doors of your restaurant. Now, just as an aside, um, I'm not completely sure. I'm really not sure. I, I looked, I poked around. I'm not sure that a restaurant literally needs mezuzahs. Uh, and I'm almost sure that you don't make a bracha on mezuzahs that are put up in a restaurant. Uh, I think most poskim like to see them on any storefront that you're using during the day regularly. That's not just a pop-up. Uh, pop-ups in a, a pop-up store, like a marketplace booth, Shulchan Aruch already says doesn't need mezuzahs. But anything else that's like a regular place of work, you probably want a mezuzah. But the idea that they should be mezuzahs, badukes, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a somewhat unique sentence to me because the Rebbe seems to be emphasizing the importance of a mezuzah in a place that I wouldn't have necessarily guessed needs the best mezuzahs in the world. In any event, maybe all mezuzahs need to be good. That's not the point for today. The point for today is that he's talking to him about how to keep his restaurant running. Make sure in your restaurant you have available for people who come to eat there that there should be a siddur, a tilim, a chumash, and, tzedakah, and a tzedakah pushkin, a place to give tzedakah. So the Rebbe wants him to transform his restaurant into a makam kaddish. Uh, the Rebbe's involvement in restaurants and kosher restaurants, uh, of course, uh, is far more significant than I would have known. So I went looking to find when else the Rebbe spoke to restaurateurs, owners of restaurants, people opening kosher establishments and encouraged them or told them to make it a place where there would be a Siddur Tilim Chumash Tzedakah Poshka. And the answer is that he does this in a lot of places. The Rebbe really supported many, uh, helped open many of the kosher restaurants that were the only sources for kosher food in certain countries. The Rebbe constantly pushes kosher establishments to make themselves not just kosher, but Jewish, to uh, invest in things like Siddur Tilim Chumash and Tzedakah Poshka. And this, is a, uh, this letter is emblematic of a shita from the Rebbe about how people should run restaurants and whether people should be opening them. In order to understand this, I wanted to take us back in time to, it's not really back in time because it's from Tav Shem Tesvav, but the Rebbe here in the Sicha talks about something that the Friedrich Rebbe did years earlier. So this is a Sicha that is in Teres Menachem. It is in volume 14. It's on page 166. It is a Yud-based Tamos Sicha from Tav Shem Tesvav, and the Rebbe writes this. I want to give an example for something, says the Rebbe. You do them before some. It's well known that the Friedrich Rebbe did not like uh, when people learned secular studies. Where is this going? He didn't like when people learned secular studies. This is something that the Friedrich, that the, excuse me, the Alter Rebbe writes, is that secular studies, that sciences and the things like that, they uh, they defile the Chabad of the soul, the intellectual capabilities of the soul. And therefore, the Friedrich Rebbe pushed back against this when it came to all the Jewish people, and especially when it came to Tmimim, to Chassidim, really pushed back against secular subjects. And this is not a contradiction with what I'm about to tell you, says the Rebbe, despite the fact that the Friedrich Rebbe really didn't like colleges. Nonetheless, the Friedrich Rebbe sent money to groups of students uh, who were Jewish, who were learning in a college, that they would be uh, that they would be able to set up a mitbach kosher, they'd be able to set up a kosher kitchen and things like that. Uh, and the reason why is a little bit insulting, but here you go. <laughs> the reason why is that when it's clear that uh, a Jew who is uh, maimed in both of his legs, you can have an effect on him that will only be maimed in one of his legs, then we should do that. So uh, <laughs> what he's saying here is that the efforts that the Friedrich Rebbe had, the Friedrich Rebbe was involved at length in sending money to help 
colleges open kosher kitchens, which might look to the outsider like the Friedrich Rebbe supports college. The Rebbe says he doesn't support college. He just, he says, you know, there's two horrible things happening here. One, that they're studying secular subjects and the other that they're eating treif. And if I can fix one of their broken legs better than uh, better than leaving them with two broken legs. In any event, what we do see from the Sech, although it's a funny line about college, what we see from the Sech is the Friedrich Rebbe himself was very invested in opening kosher establishments for people uh, in places, even in places that he didn't necessarily want them to go to make sure that there was a kosher kitchen, a kosher restaurant in those areas. The Rebbe's investment in these sorts of initiatives goes way back, and we're going to explore some of them. They go all the way back. I think the first time we have it is uh, probably this Madrid case from Tavshin Yud Beis. Yeah, why not show the Madrid one first? I think the earliest one we have is Madrid. Madrid has a whole story behind it. Uh, Rev uh, Benjamin Gardetsky was traveling on his way to Morocco. He stopped in Madrid, and he found there, while he was setting some things up uh, in Madrid, he uh, found that there was no place for people to eat. There were a bunch of Jewish students in the academic institutions there, and they were they were eating treif, or they just weren't eating, I guess. They were probably eating treif, that's the truth. And uh, he saw that as an enormous problem. He found a rich Jew there named Moshe, what is it, Lavenda? L- Lavenda? I don't know how to pronounce his name. He found a rich Jew there named Moshe Lavenda, who was very generous, and he had already established an informal tiny shul in Madrid, and... Um, they brought in a sheikhet who had been who had been shechting, I think, in uh, in Hungary somewhere. And uh, basically, Rabbi Reb, Yaman Gardetsky put together kosher dining in Madrid for these students and sent messages about it to the rabbi. They ended up having a three-story building. I have some notes here. They ended up having a three-story building. The top floor was for terror study. The lower floor was a kosher restaurant. And I don't know what happened in the middle floor. It doesn't say in my notes. So I, I guess maybe they lived there. In any event, uh, we have a letter about that. This is a letter, Aleph Tov. It's an early letter. It's in volume Five, I believe, an early letter. In any event, this is from Gimel Shvat of Tavshin Yud Beis. It's in, yeah, it's in the Prach 5 Amud Reish. The letter is labeled Aleph Tav. And the Rebbe writes with very effusive words to Lavenda, who's just a rich guy, but not just a rich guy, a rich guy who opened a, the first kosher dining hall for the students in Madrid. And these are the honorifics he gives to someone who opened a kosher restaurant. Hanadiv, the great, uh, the generous giver, um, who is Meisha Sheikhiel Lavenda, Shonlubracha. And the Rebbe writes to him that he was very happy to receive a duch that uh, said that he was um, <clears throat> from uh, from Gardetsky about his visit in Madrid. I was particularly happy, says the Rebbe, to hear about all the good things that you had done for the general population. That was that you set up a shul for everybody. But then in addition to building a shul, you made a big tikkun in the kila. You did something even greater, something even bigger, and that is, what could be possibly better than opening the first shul available for these students in Madrid? A kosher kitchen. You open a restaurant. And for this, you were able to get a building that was fitting for this purpose in the middle of the city. The Rebbe says, the it would be it would be uh, it would be overkill for me to uh, explain at length the great merit of the mitzvah that you're doing in helping to give merit to the masses. So the Rebbe goes on and on about the importance of what he's doing. What's the Rebbe really thrilled about? A little bit about the shul, but mostly about the fact that he opened a kosher restaurant. The Rebbe is so excited about kosher restaurants, as, insofar as you can say the word excited about a nasi. He is so excited about kosher restaurants that sometimes he even pays for them, although he never sounds like he's happy about it, at least the letters I found. He pays for them, but he never sounds like he's happy about having to pay for them, ideally because these restaurants should be self-sufficient and shouldn't need handouts. But we have a letter here from, it's uh, labeled Vav, Tuf Ayin Aleph. It's uh, from the year Tavshin uh, Yud Ches, Tavshin Chai, and it's from Dalet L'Chedish Elul. And down here in the middle of the letter that I write, anybody know where this is? Rabat? Could it be, could it be Rabat, Morocco? 
Morocco. Could be Rabat, Morocco. I have no idea. Is there a place called Rabat in Morocco? Morocco has a city called Rabat. Why not Morocco then? Well, let's make it Morocco for now. Uh, so in response to the... Uh, in response I believe to the, there is Rabat. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, in response to the financial difficulties that this Morocco. kosher restaurant in Morocco, in Rabat, which might be Morocco, is experiencing... It's actually, the capital. It's the capital of Morocco. No way. It's the capital? I would never have guessed that. See how ignorant we are? This is a problem. Okay. So, yeah, that would probably be Morocco. That's what Rabbi Google says. Okay. I believe you. So there's this restaurant in Morocco. They're apparently having financial difficulties, and it sounds like they have loan. They have a, they have debts too. Whoever writes, "Bevada yedua gam le," I believe lechvede. Hamatzav kaspia dachak by nimtzayim kama misem meistus chabad and bedin hashenis. Surely you know that uh, you are not the only person suffering right now. I have meistus chabad all over the world, and all of them are also having financial problems too. Ben kamakim laharech bezeh. This is not the place for me to explain this to you, but uh, you are not my only financial concern. Bchalzeh. Nonetheless, lechashivas inyan because this is something very important. A kosher restaurant in Morocco is very important. Harikol abashkach pratis. And I recognize that that you wrote about this to me because that he Now this took me forever. Do you guys all know that macha can mean multiple things? I didn't know that it could also mean like a remittance payment. Did you know this? It means that he's attaching a payment, but I thought that he was also attaching a clap. I, I don't know. But uh, this means that he's paying for it. Nonetheless, it's going to be a one-time payment. What, you didn't know this? I didn't know this either. I had to look this up everywhere. It's an Ezer Akopanam Chad Pamim. I'm going to help you at least one time. It should be God's will, essentially, that everything should go well for you from this point forward. The God should expand all of the Mestas that are Al-Tarach HaKedish, including, of course, a kosher restaurant. The money filed for us in Milun, the higher Machshe, which should then have their effect. And what is the effect that he's hoping from all these mistress and the Rebbe includes in this a kosher restaurant in Morocco uh, that they will light that they will light up the darkness of the world with the flame of a mitzvah and the Torah of light and the source of light that's within the Torah. The Rebbe is saying all of this not just about mistress Chabad but specifically about a kosher restaurant to give you an idea of how significant the Rebbe sees kosher restaurants. <clears throat> I feel like there was one more letter here I wanted to show you, but I don't know where I put it. But I will note that I have some notes over here that I, I had small letters or bits of sikhas or sometimes footnotes and sikhas that suggested that the Rebbe was also very involved in establishing the kosher restaurant in Milan, a kosher restaurant in Bologna, uh, both of them in Italy. And he also really pushed Zaman Rifkin very, very hard to maintain a kosher restaurant in Tel Aviv. There are multiple like little snippets of correspondences, sometimes at the ends of sikhas where they'll say that he handed him a bottle of mashka and said, put this toward the restaurant that he was like, maybe considering closing at the time. There's like a real uh, a real push from the Rebbe constantly, like every yichid is to make the restaurant work. And uh, so the Rebbe was also deeply involved in the restaurant in Tel Aviv. The last two letters that I want to show you are what, what potential the Rebbe sees in kosher restaurants beyond the obvious. We've already talked about the obvious. That is that uh, these are places uh, where people who were eating treif can now start eating kosher. And the Rebbe considers this one of his own, one of the maestas of Chabad that has all of the normal brachas of spreading terror and mitzvahs within the maestas. But the Rebbe also talks about, in these last two letters we have on our screen, the very unique advantage of a restaurant over other maestas, over other organizations. That maybe a restaurant, a kosher restaurant, can sometimes accomplish something that uh, perhaps a shul or a base medrash simply cannot. Now, this letter is Tavshin Yud Zayin. The letter is labeled, Hey, Kuf Pei Dalit. And we're going to go all the way to this middle paragraph. The Rebbe says, I was very happy to hear that you succeeded in opening a kosher restaurant. I mean, he doesn't say kosher, but I, I sure assume it was one. And it sounds like you were also able to increase the meals. I don't know if that means that it's now open more days a week or if there's just more stuff on the menu, but the restaurant has grown. The Rebbe says, I'm waiting. I'm eagerly waiting to hear more good news about this. Even if we stop right there, this is already incredible. It gives you an idea, again, of how 
how much the Rebbe values a kosher restaurant. And then he says that he is he is waiting, eagerly waiting to hear more good news about a business. Uh, swallowing is great because it brings people close. That's all. It's an expression. What it means is that people uh, people unite over food. I think there's an American idiom like this too, but I don't remember what it is. Um, there are American, there are English idioms that go like this too. That people get together and uh, and and unite over food. And of course, this is something that we recognize in halacha. One of the reasons for bishul akum and pas akum and things like that is specifically to prevent that legim uh, mekaremis, to prevent the fact that food can uh, can cause you to make um, relationships with inappropriate parties. And specifically, what do I mean? That swallowing brings people close together. That food brings people close. That means you can bring people close to Hashem. That in these situations, the time of eating is a great time for you to use for chinuch, for educating people about the minhagim, the customs, and the dini Israel, and the laws of the Jewish people, uh, all the things that they should be doing in their daily lives. So that is telling this restaurant owner, I'm very excited about your progress, and I'm also very excited about the potential of your restaurant, which you can use as a vehicle for educating people about Yiddishkeit. One more letter along this line to show you. This is a letter that is labeled Tes, Tav Kuf Samach. It is from Chav of Elo, of Tav Shin Chav Ches. <clears throat> I hope. Yes, here it is. And it is written to three partners, Avram Yitzchak, Elazar Kalman, and Yosef Kornland. Do we have anything about them? I don't think we know anything about them. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Avram Yitzchak is Nick from uh, England, and Elazar Kalman is Stephen Broom, also from England, the artist. And the third one is who? The other one, I guess, that's what the partner with it. Man, we have an all-star a, team here. <laughs> they had a restaurant uh, called Garrison's in England for a number of years. Where was it? Garrison's. Yeah, where it was. It was located where Garrison's. In the in Golden Green in in London. Oh, that's awesome! This is information I would not have known at all. Thank you very much. I think you said it was called Jasmine's. Jasmine's. Garrison's. 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 Name for the sun. Oh, wow. It sounds a little more like a kosher restaurant that way, right? Shalom Ubracha, the Shalom So I heard you open the restaurant, and it should be in a goodly and successful hour. These are days of merit. These are days of when it comes to Yidin, who are the Amsegula, the, the Segula nation, uh, everything when it comes to Gashmis and Ruchnius is connected. If you want to have success in the Gashmis of your business, I hope you will you will all uh, you will all increase the Mazin Ruchni Shel Um It's a business where you're feeding people in Gashmis. You're also going to need to feed yourselves in Ruchnius. And that means that you should increase in your Torah study and in your mitzvahs behider. And of course, when it comes to these three people who do know a thing or two about Torah and mitzvahs, expanding upon this is unnecessary. So he gives a bracha, and he gives them a bracha for a happy new year. What we get out of this letter is, I like this phrase, mazen ruchni, that uh, that when a restaurant is able to offer a person is not just mazen and gashmias, but hopefully mazen and ruchnias. Although in this letter, he's really telling the restaurant owners that if they're going to be feeding people in gashmias, they should be, and they want to see success in it, they will need to feed themselves in ruchnias. We can obviously extend this to what we saw in the previous letter, that a restaurant is a good place to feed people ruchnias as well to accustom them to the laws and customs of the Jewish people. So we see across several letters here and a bit of our, and some stories that we popped in throughout is that uh, the Rebbe was, the Rebbe's 
incredibly invested in kosher restaurants, um, opening them in different countries, ensuring that there's kosher food available, both for the practical reason that we need people to have kosher food, otherwise they might eat food that's not kosher, but also because there are actual advantages that Rebbe considers it like one of his maestas, talks about it like one of his maestas, and considers it a, uh, a vehicle that might be able to accomplish some things that other vehicles cannot. Perhaps in the setting of a restaurant, a person can discuss Torah and mitzvahs in a way that they can't in a conventional Chabad house. Okay, that's it. Can you imagine if one time? Can you imagine if one time in one of these meetings, and I don't, and, and I don't have a comment? Could you imagine? <laughs> the only thing I wanted to say was that that I found interesting was that nowhere does it ever say that they should actually serve good food <laughs> or the quality of the food, which is very interesting because the Rebbe and so many other Inyanim when he came to Moises and stuff, he talks about the quality of things. I think have to look nice. I forgot what it was. We were was it about shuls or mikvahs and stuff? I forgot what we had. We've had shiurim on this in the past. With Rebbe was very into like the aesthetics and it should be pleasing and it should have the right you know physical setup. Yet in none of these letters did the Rebbe address that the food should be tasty and they should double down the quality of the food. Like the guy's saying he's having a problem with his business and he, his business is going to close down. And the Rebbe says, listen, I'll, I'll give you a one-time bailout. But the Rebbe doesn't tell him, maybe you should revisit your menu and get a better chef and maybe up the quality of your food. I found it very interesting. It is a very interesting point because I, there, there were like six or seven letters I didn't show you that I just didn't think we needed to make our point. And in those six or seven letters, he also does not at any point suggest that the place should be nice, that the food should be nice. I, I didn't find a single case where the Rebbe advises the gashmias of a restaurant, which is very interesting. You're right. That's that, that that's really out of the order. It's out of character because in it so really many other things, in so many other things, the Rebbe does advise on the gashmias specifically. Yeah, you're right. I have no idea. What a good question.